Welcome to Love Your Library, Hampshire Library's podcast. I'm Hattie Dulac, here with my co-host Craig Saunders. Hi Craig. Hi Hattie. How is your start to the year going? Have you got any New Year's resolutions? It's going well, thank you very much. No resolutions broken yet, but I have decided that this year is going to be the year that I try and read more widely. I've got my little favourite genres and stuff, and I'm always trying to branch out a little bit more. So I am going to try and read from genres at least once a month that I would never normally pick up. So yeah, hopefully this podcast will be a really good way to try and uh, make that happen. How about you? Well, I can't believe we are in 2023. It sounds like a year from the future. (laughs) But my New Year's resolution this year is I've got a lot of books on my bookshelf that I've read that I don't read anymore. So I'm going to take them and donate them to a local charity and let them be read by someone else. I've got a lot of books that I like to keep and that are on my bookshelf and I'll I'll read more than once, but I've also got a lot that I've read once and uh, I can move on. So that's my New Year's resolution to make some space on my bookshelf for all the new books that I'm going to be accumulating this year and hopefully some of which we'll be talking about on the podcast. Sounds like a very good New Year's resolution, I think. Hopefully some of our listeners will be be doing the same. But... It's that kind of time where you can do this whole self-reflecting thing and look at the way that you, I guess, behave, not just when it comes to reading. A lot of our listeners, I imagine, will be thinking about the new beginnings and how they're going to be tackling 2023. So it's probably worth mentioning some of the things that are going to be going on at Hampshire Libraries as we get into the swing of things. Yeah, there's loads of ways that you can use your library for any of the positive changes that you want to make this year. From saving costs by using our free services, to learning a new skill at a learning in libraries class, or even just borrowing some recipe books to cook up a storm for Veganuary. It all begins at the library. And you can get your little ones in on the library action too by having them take part in the Reading Agency's Winter Mini Reading Challenge, which is a slightly scaled down version of the Summer Reading Challenge. And I'm just going to keep saying challenge. It challenges kids to keep reading during the colder months. Which brings us nicely onto our guest or guests, plural for this episode. They're representatives from two local educational institutions, Cantel Secondary School and the University of Southampton. We invited them onto the podcast to tell us all about an initiative they set up to help secondary school aged children become more confident with reading. Yeah, so the Reading Buddies programme is what we're talking about here. And it involved pairing students with school pupils to read together. And it saw a fantastic response from everyone who took part, the students from the university and actually a local college as well, and also the pupils from Cantel. So it was really great to hear about it. And it was a particularly lovely thing for me to hear about as I'm actually a former student from both of these places. So it was a bit of a blast from the past. That was a long time ago for me, but it was really heartwarming to see how these local communities work together, two institutions working together for the same purpose. And so, yeah, it was a lovely thing to see. Well, I hope our listeners enjoy hearing about it as much as we enjoyed speaking to them. Here's us chatting with Jessica, Catherine and James from Cantel and the University of Southampton. Welcome everyone to the Love Your Library podcast. I think for the ease of our listeners and to sort of introduce what we're going to be talking about today, 
perhaps we should go around the virtual room and introduce ourselves, say who we are, what we do. My name is Jess. I work at the University of Southampton. I'm a school university partnership officer. So half of my role is about public engagement with research and half of my role is about learning participation and social mobility. And I helped set up the Reading Buddies project with the lovely people here and also the amazing Caroline Handy and Yasmin Stoner, also from the university. Hello, uh, thank you for having me. My name is Kat. I am the head of science at Tower, but also the pupil premium lead. So we get a pot of money to support students that have been eligible for free school meals any time in the last six years, which is how I got involved in this project. Hello, I'm James Jordan. I'm the head of English at the University of Southampton. I also grew up in Southampton and have you know, been a regular user of their libraries for, for a very long time, pre, predating Unity Authority, so <laughs> even. So uh, yeah, that's who I am. Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. We're really excited to have you here. So we're here to talk about the Reading Buddies scheme. Could you give us an overview of the project and why it was created? So it was designed to support our kind of pupil premium students, particularly those where their reading age was below their chronological age. So what we did was we really wanted them enjoying reading, improving their confidence in reading. So we wanted to set up an opportunity for them to read with an adult, which ended up being twice a week. They, they got to do that. We had about 167 students that we targeted across year seven, eight and nine and nearly 70 adults that were coming in regularly to, to read with those students. Did people just volunteer? We tried to go with volunteers to start with from the university. We're, we're really lucky that we're incredibly close to the university in terms of our location in Southampton. Didn't really get the number we needed to support the number of students that we wanted to. Largely, I guess, I mean, university is a, a big commitment as it is. And obviously, a lot of university students have other kind of roles working to raise funds to support them. So it was actually through the partnership with the university that we managed to set it up that we could pay university students to be involved in this project, which is where we got the numbers that we, we managed to do. So obviously, they were still supporting themselves through university and being involved in a, a really valuable project as well. Jess might be able to say a bit more about the payment side of it, I think, because that was big enough and showed how valued it was in the city as well. Yeah, that was quite a long discussion because obviously there's a lot of value to volunteering. There's a lot of research out there around sort of volunteering for well-being and things like that. But for that scale of project and for that kind of time commitment from the students as well, we felt that really it would probably need to be a paid opportunity. That also meant that it was open to more students because, as Kat said, there are some students who, like myself and, and like, I guess, the reading buddies from Cantel, if they came to us as students one day, maybe wouldn't be able to financially support themselves if they didn't have paid work. So that's why we went down that route. We have a number of different student ambassador schemes at the university. Different departments have different student ambassador schemes. In our department, when participation and social mobility, we have a student ambassador scheme that we went to first. So all those students have already had a lot of training, DBS checks, all sorts of things. They've worked for us a lot. So first of all, we went out to them. But then we knew a scale of this project, we'd need to go out even further. This is where having the amazing support of the English department and James was really valuable and other contacts around the university. So we put out a wide call. And for those students that were new to us that we hadn't worked with before, we asked them to write a short expression of interest as well, just to sort of see what they were hoping to get out of the project and if their values aligned with what we were hoping that they would get out of the project and just filter out a few things that weren't quite a right fit. And then we were really surprised. We didn't know because with the volunteering, they were only able to recruit very small numbers. We weren't sure how many we'd get, even if it was 
was paid. So we were quite surprised with the number of applications we got. But something about this project really struck a chord with a lot of people, I think. We got a lot of in the expressions of interest. We got a lot of lovely stories coming back about our students who themselves had struggled with reading in the past. And then something had happened that had flipped that switch and enabled them to engage with it and enjoy it in some way. And they wanted to give that back and pass that on. So yeah, it was really lovely. What kind of themes were coming out of those expressions of interest then, wanting to help people and things like that? Yeah, and again, particularly around reading, for example, where yeah, students have particularly struggled with that, but realising the value of that, it's, it's a skill that, I mean, to be honest, if you can get through life and you, and you can't read, that's, that's incredible <laughs> that you've achieved that. That's a massive achievement because it's everywhere, isn't it? It's on bus timetables and computer dialogue boxes and, and everything we use. So it's a real gateway skill that enables you to do so many things. So yeah, particularly lots of lovely stories around the acknowledgement of that and the sense of wanting to give something back to the community that they're living in as students as well, or that paying it forward after they've received help from somewhere as well. Yeah, and so you said you were looking for a certain number of students. How many students were you looking for to get involved and how many did you get apply? So I think we needed around, is it 70 we needed to the number of Cantel students. They also had some Cantel staff who volunteered. And we also recruited some students from Richard Taunton College as well. We were also able to pay, and that was a massive step forward for us to be able to offer to pay those younger students. But also, hopefully, it was a really good link for the Cantel students to see that kind of potential trajectory for themselves from secondary school to college to university. And hopefully, it was also a good experience for those college students to work with the university students. So we had about five Richard Taunton College students. I think we had six who signed up and and one dropped out. And then with our students, I can look it up if you want. But from memory, I think it was around 80 applications. Does that sound? Because I know Kat and James, you helped read the OIs with me around that much. And then, yeah, I think we had around 55 in the end that I think we sort of took on about 60, 65. And then we had a few dropouts throughout the programme. Which is a brilliant number and shows the validity of the project, really. The fact that what you're doing and what you're trying to achieve, there's so many people and then extended into a paid programme as well, where people are saying to you, give this to us and we'll try and fund it, shows how important it is. I was just thinking in terms of the like choice for it to be a student-based project, so going for younger people, younger adults coming in to do the reading, was there a particular decision behind that in terms of what you wanted the Cantel students to get out of it and did you see a difference in the way that they engaged with the younger people who came versus maybe some of the teachers from the school that they already know? We kind of really wanted it to be a relaxed, really enjoyable session so it wasn't about correcting their mistakes in reading or improving their levels in reading initially, it was about just getting them to enjoy reading, get really involved in the books we're really lucky one of our we've got a lead practitioner in English who did a phenomenal job of picking the right books because obviously in an ideal world we'd let the students pick their own books but where they were in small groups and we had to buy the books in she did a brilliant job of picking books that they really engaged with and really enjoyed and I think you can just have that different relationship when it's it's not your teacher I mean again we're really lucky that relationships between teacher and young people are really strong in Kantau but obviously it's uh, potentially a more formal relationship at times whereas they got to really get to know their their reading buddies it was really nice we kind of even you know the first few minutes we just said you know just chat about how it's gone what you know they would ask them about their hobbies our young people were really interested in what it's like at university so that was an, an added benefit of that link to the lifelong learning and thinking about what they might do when they leave school and again with the Richard Taunton students as well I think 
it was nice to see a range of different levels for our young people. And I think considering the number we got, it was just incredible to see how consistent that was across all of the groupings. This was always run at eight o'clock in the morning, which is a, a number that impressed any university student buffet <laughs> to come and do this. And they'd have breakfast and, you know, we get pastries and things like that. It was just really lovely to to walk around, kind of keeping an eye on things and just seeing how much they were enjoying it from both sides. We had a rotor within school to just supervise and every single member of staff that was supervising just said, it's just so lovely to see that it's a really nice thing to have on your timetable to supervise. And like you said, with the Cantel staff, again, I was blown away by the number of people that volunteered to give up time in the morning when we, you know, we've already got quite a challenging career in terms of time. But quite a few did volunteer and I, I wouldn't want to take anything away from them because, again, they didn't necessarily teach those students so they were managed to, managing to build those relationships. But I think it was that much stronger with the, the university and the college students. So it was a real positive of their project, I think. When Jess first came to me about this, it was quite clearly going to be a wonderful thing to do and just such a good community-centred experience for everybody. And it ties into that idea of a civic university and working with the community was just clearly just fantastic. And it was so lovely to see the students did respond in that way as well. And from my point of view, it was also nice that we were able as a department to contribute to the graduation ceremonies, certificates, the awards, the purchasing of books it was and it was just it was just all around a brilliant experience for sure and I think how many times do people have good ideas and maybe the demand's not there or it's not the right time or you can't get the people to help with it and it sounds like this all came together at exactly the right time so that sounds fantastic I mean in terms of the project now talk to us a little bit about some of the successes some of the challenges you've had from conceptualizing this and setting it up to where we are now I mean, there's a lot of groundwork. So there was a lot of serendipity, I guess, in the timing, definitely. But there's a lot of groundwork that goes into that partnership building and partnership working as well, which doesn't seem apparent immediately. For example, a lot of my job is going out to local schools and saying, we've got all these different programmes, we've got festivals, we've got our access programme, please, please get involved. And schools already under the most amount of pressure. <laughs> it's it's insane. And I'm, I'm in awe of teachers all the time, especially teachers like Kat, who just go above and beyond. And I will embarrass her because she is my hero. I say that to lots of people, but it's such a pressurised environment and we're always going to them and saying, do something else, do something with us. And it's to support the students, it's with good interest. But with this project, it was the school that came to us. And that was a massive difference because the school were already invested in it. It was the school's idea completely. And then we, so instead of us sort of going in with our ideas that we thought would work, they came to us and our job was to facilitate those ideas and make them happen. And the fact that Kat came to us with that idea is the result of years of getting to know each other through the Heads of Science Network. And Kat and I have done a number of projects together. Some have worked, some haven't. And throughout that process, that trust has been built up. So when Kat came to us and we tried it, first of all, through the volunteering route and it didn't work, I think if Kat and I didn't have that trusting, good working relationship, then maybe the school would have said, oh, we tried the university, it didn't work, we'll do something else. But the fact that Kat felt comfortable coming back to me and saying, thanks for the volunteering, but it didn't work, we need something bigger, please help, was, as I say, the result of quite a lot of, well, years and years of getting to know each other. And I think that's something that, yeah, it's just important to flag. I think sometimes people expect a project to work or not work and and think it just happens. But yeah, I think it's important, as, as James said, we're trying to be a more civic university, which means we're trying to have a bit more of a sense of social responsibility and an idea of the impacts that we have in the local area. 
And we can only do that if we take the time as an institution to get to know the community that we're a part of, the many communities we're a part of, and build that trust with them. Because if we just drop in and parachute in and say, we've got this great idea, we think it's going to work, it's not going to work. There was huge investment from the school in terms of time, in terms of cat time. There was investment on both sides in terms of, of money as well, which is important. But yeah, I think all those things led through to some successes. The success for me was just the entire scheme. And I mean, without wishing to sort of highlight anything in particular, but the graduation ceremony to which I could not get because of <laughs> awful weather and train <laughs> travel was something I'm just sad to miss because the idea of going in and seeing seeing the students graduate, seeing their parents and just it just sounded like a wonderful experience. And we had local authors come in as well to speak, which was also great. In a sense, and I don't mean this in the kind of recruitment way for us, but more generally, if it means that any of those students go on to study at university, that is just brilliant. That's would be absolutely fantastic. And I don't mean it, not necessarily our university, but wherever they go, just such a reward for this project and for Kat <laughs> coming up with it. I think I'd kind of echo everything Jess said about the partnership with the university. We are so lucky to have Jess. I think we kind of get offers of lots of support from different places. There's no one else that understands what it's like to be a teacher as much as Jess does. So (laughs) the kind of support you get is just incredible and can make things like this work when time is limited and there are lots of other pressures. But I think reading is so important that it kind of made it that much easier when it got tricky and there were barriers and we had to push through. I really like the reading agency website has got some really good summaries of the kind of research around the benefits this could have. I mean, originally we talked about some of our students come into us in year seven with a reading age years below where they should be, particularly some of our students from disadvantaged backgrounds, but not exclusively. And that kind of has an impact on their academic success but just widen that the stuff on the reading agency about the benefits in terms of mental health self-esteem if we can get people enjoying reading I think it even talks about loneliness when in the adult stage of life you know if we can do that for our students and get those benefits for them then it's worth persevering through every barrier that we had like Jane said with the the graduation that was just such an incredible event and even we had a more informal kind of celebration event partway through where we got pizza in the school and Nazneen Hampshire came in and again it was just so nice she was going around talking to the families and the, the parents were involved and it's just been so lovely in terms of the community feel and I think for me I need to do a bit more now about thinking how that can work with libraries and in, in the future and I think sometimes people do think of reading as an almost solitary thing that you can do and this project has just shown it's not at all it really has kind of been a social thing that's brought people together and kind of really lovely side of it. Yeah, definitely. We've got some events going on in, is it just one of our libraries, Craig? Is it just Winchester? Yeah, it's Winchester, yeah. Well, I think it's meant to reignite the tradition of storytelling in that old stories around a campfire kind of sense where they're encouraging adults to come and listen to a story being read. We have a lot of children's-based events in libraries where there's story time, rhyme time, that kind of thing. But I think sometimes people in adulthood could benefit from that community feel as well. And just going somewhere and like you say, reading aloud, it makes it such an inclusive experience, which touches on a whole host of things. It's not just reading and the development of reading and literacy, you know, it really does help in so many areas. 
I mean, we've touched on it there in terms of the importance of libraries and the significance of them within the community. Did you want to talk a little bit more about that in terms of working at a university or being a student, about how libraries have helped you in, in your careers, in your roles? If possible, there are just two really magical moments I wanted to share that related to what Hattie said. And then also libraries are obviously amazing. But I was at one of the informal pizza midway celebration events at Cantel School. As Kat said, Nazneen Ahmed, an amazing local author, came and met the families. And then she read some of her stories to the room. And so there was a sort of community feel of the project and the magic of live storytelling. So we had the university students, the college students, the Cantel students and the families of the Cantel students, which included grandparents, parents, other carers, babies, you know, younger brothers and sisters, older brothers and sisters. It was such a mix of people and there was this this really magical moment towards the end of the first evening when Nazneen was reading from the book and we were just sat there and this room full of so many people from different walks of life was absolutely spellbound we were literally sat there everyone on the edge of their seats you could hear a pin drop it was so like the intensity of the listening and it was just a genuinely magical moment and then I also heard from a teacher at that event that there was a student who they'd been struggling to get to read at all in class because of confidence and and, and various things and then after a number of weeks of working with their reading buddy they were reading aloud in class in front of their peers and that massive jump was just huge and it's moments like that where you think yeah all of those extra hours and everything well it, it doesn't it doesn't even equate to that but like this is this is something that's worth being part of and worth the, you know the university investing in and just one other really lovely anecdote that from talking to teachers at that evening was that there were some parents at Cantel who themselves were Cantel students and some of them had good experiences and some of them didn't have good experiences as we all do with schools it's always a bit of a mixed bag and they said there was um, some parents who they sometimes struggle to get to engage to come into school because of whatever reasons there's always reasons for these things it's not good and bad but those parents came to that in-school celebration event so something about the community spirit of the project really opened those doors and likewise when we did the graduations on campus getting those families on campus our message was all about this is your space you know if you're going to Cantel you probably live quite locally so come and use our facilities come to Valley Gardens come to the library that we have on campus. Well obviously for me the the, the library at the university is just crucial for everything that we do with our students and not only the library but the special collections of the houses and the archives and the, the fact that the library is more than just the books and that was also true with libraries when I was growing up it was you know the books were fantastic but it was more than that it was that community hub it was that place to go place to do quizzes i where did i go to as a child i went to burgess road shirley cobbett road walston i went to those on a regular basis each was different but each was kind of warm and welcoming and a, a safe space to think and it was just yeah they were, they were great for that and obviously <laughs> that lifelong love of reading has not gone away exactly and then just to get a bit of a more personal angle from all of you guys, what kind of things do you like to read? You know, when, when you're sat there listening to local authors storytelling, is, is there something that particularly strikes a chord with you? Or, or is there anything else that you'd like to give a special mention to while you're here? I think for me, working in a school now and having so many conversations with students where they've seen me leading on the, the Reading Buddies project last year, I just love taking their recommendations. So if I see them reading a book or they're walking around with a book, and I know this probably means I'm reading quite child-focused books, but it's just so nice to then talk about it with them. And kind of when you see them reading a book, oh, is it good? Oh, yeah. 
you know, they'll tell you what's happening. And I think they quite like it when you say, oh, would you recommend it? Oh, I'll have to read that. I have got quite a long list now, though, <laughs> from the number of recommendations that they do give. And again, I mean, we're very lucky. Our, our librarian is incredible. and We've got a, a really good library in school. But again, they kind of some of them when they were doing the reading buddies, they kind of said, oh, can I go and get that out of the library? Yeah, absolutely. Reread bits you've done with your reading buddies. Go ahead. I think it was really nice that they engaged with that. And when we did the tours of the university as part of the graduation, they actually got to go into the university library. And just the look of some of their faces, kind of just the size of it. (laughs) That was really exciting. Um, And I kind of remember when I was little, getting your library card was the most exciting thing ever. I felt like such a grown up. So, yeah, I think it's just been such a lovely, lovely thing to be involved in. It sounds brilliant. And it's been so nice to chat with you all and find out more about the project. As we come towards the end of our conversation now, in terms of people that are listening and they want to find out more, is there anywhere they can go to find out more about this project, to follow it, to see how this develops and to find out more about where it goes? So we're running it again this year with Cantel and we are looking at adding some extra things into the programme, which does include library visits. So we've spoken to Southampton Libraries, obviously, because that's our local one and they've been amazing. They've been so accommodating. So we're looking at building a couple of library visits into the programme so that the young people from Cantel can get that kind of supported experience in going to the libraries. We are taking on a second school this year. So we're also going to work with St George's Catholic College on a smaller scale and then see how that works with a second school. It's something that we do hope to roll out more widely in the city, but we are still in the sort of pilot phase at the moment. So we still need to figure out from our side, the university funding allocation, what capacity we have in terms of managing it all and things like that. So I guess from next academic year onwards, hopefully other schools may be able to get involved, but it's all very, very experimental at the moment still. In terms of following it, I don't know that we've done it. I can't remember if any of us have done things on social. I'm terrible at social media. But the University or Cantel may have done things. But yeah, we are we are keeping going. So there's not really a call to action, I guess, at this point, except if you're a Cantel or St George's parent, then hopefully you'll get to experience it this year. And if you're at another school, then hopefully future years will be coming to you. I mean, I'm similarly terrible at social media. Um, I don't have a social media presence at all, thankfully. But Harriet at Cantel was absolutely brilliant and inspirational in his social media messages. I don't know if Kat wants to talk about that at all, but just, yeah, just brilliant. Yeah, we have put some updates on our Facebook page. So we have put updates about kind of what we're doing with it. And I mean, if there is anyone that's really interested in doing something similar in their school, I would be more than happy to meet with them and, and kind of talk it through. And we've appointed two members of staff to kind of take a lead on this. I was doing it as part of my pupil premium role last year, but we felt it was so valuable it was worth expanding. And they're actually doing a similar project at the moment because with the university timings and sorting training, etc., the the full Reading Buddies project can't start till a bit later. So we've actually got reading ambassadors that they're leading on, which some of our older students reading with our our younger students in a, a similar kind of format in the morning, which is going really well so far so there were there are updates about that on our facebook page brilliant is there anything that anyone else wanted to mention about the future of the project a very quick thing which is just talking about the enthusiasm and what do we read i'm always struck by the fact that students come to us who are born in a digital age but they love the tactile nature of books that just never goes away and that's also why libraries should just never go away <laughs> that's it that's the podcast <laughs> that's, that's the line <laughs> that's our tagline libraries should never go away <laughs>
it, it sounds like an amazing project and that's why if you do think about how you can share the success stories and the case studies i'd love to follow it it sounds like an amazing thing you guys are involved in yeah thanks for having us i've just remembered one really important message that we haven't said for the young people from Cantel was that they are amazing so these are young people who are facing whatever there there are so many things that they're facing in life there's reasons why they were selected for this project and they had the dedication and the motivation and the resilience to turn up at eight o'clock in the morning twice a week on top of everything I think we even had one student who was so enthused it started just after the holidays and I think one student came in the holidays because they thought it started in the holidays that's how dedicated they were and put that time in and that's incredible and a lot of the time especially if you're struggling with something like reading we're worried that the messaging they're receiving a lot is you're not good enough or you need to improve or you need to be better in some way but actually we were saying that strength that they have to be able to engage with something like that in that way is so important and is huge and is gonna help them absolutely fly with whatever they want to do in the future, whether it's university or being an astronaut or writing a kid's book or working in Sainsbury's, whatever it is, they are going to be incredible at whatever they want to do because they've got that strength. And it was really important for us that we highlighted that, that this wasn't like a charity project, I guess. It was about supporting those students to see the strength that they already had. Yeah, to show that vulnerability and to embark on the project, like you say, it takes a lot of dedication. It's not just something that is one session and they're going to be able to take stuff away. It's going to be hard work. But yeah, which is so nice that you do the graduation ceremony and really make that aspect really special for them. Uh, well, and for all of you, the celebration of kind of what you've achieved together. So that's amazing. And the university and college students graduated and got certificates as well because they will have got something from that experience as well. It's definitely a very much, a, it worked in both directions, basically. Everyone was, was given and receiving. I think sometimes these projects can come across as a bit patronising sometimes and sort of one way. I think that was one of the successes was that collectively we managed to create that dialogue approach. It is a really worthwhile thing. And from what you're saying as well, I haven't heard any of you mention things like targets or KPIs or anything like that, which is when it comes to the curriculum, which I think we all know is quite restricted these days. It's nice to do something that doesn't necessarily have that pressure on it. And you probably, one might speculate, see more positive results from that than from some of the curriculum based stuff that might not suit every student. Yeah, if it was fully about attainment raising, then the teachers, that's their job. So they would be doing that or you'd hire in tutors or something. But it was about creating a safe, nurturing space for young people to re-engage with something that they've been disengaged from for whatever reason. And that's where we were able to come and support with our young people, our students. I think it's so important, like you say, it's not just for people that, you know, want to go into academia. It's going to impact everyone, you know, whether you're working in a, in a manual job or it's going to, you know, help in, in every aspect of life because it is such, such an important skill to learn and, and keep learning. I think it, it kind of showed or it demonstrated just how amazing our young people are at supporting each other as well. They were working in small groups. The, the size depended on how much support we thought they needed, but they were just incredible with each other. And, you know, sometimes it can feel a bit scary to read aloud in front of your peers, particularly when you're a teenager and you don't know how they're going to react. But they, I'm just so proud of them. They were they were so good with each other as well. And I do think hopefully the, the university students and the college students got a lot out of working with them. I know I'm feel incredibly lucky to work with the the young people I do so hopefully they benefited from that as well. Will you use the same students and volunteers for the next time you're running this? 
Um, so sadly, some of them have graduated. Those that have graduated and are staying in the city can come in in a volunteering aspect. So we're working with our alumni team to offer that opportunity. We've just started in the last few weeks recruitment for this year. Uh, well, I say just started, there's, there's different stages of recruitment, but we've just done the big stage of recruitment for this year. So we've gone out to all of last year's reading buddies and asked them if they want to come back. And at the end of last year, we did a sort of feedback survey at the end and asked if people were interested in coming back. And I think everyone that was staying in Southampton pretty much was interested in coming back and even some of them that were graduating were like oh if there's a way I can still get involved somehow then they would love to but also we've got a whole new cohort of students joining as well and hopefully now we're just spreading and we can recruit from the wider student body too because I think this is something that's just going to grow and grow so we can never have too many reading buddies so yeah a mix of those from last year and some new faces as well we're working with Richard Taunton College again so yeah hopefully we'll get more of the college students involved too. Great thank you so much for your time guys. It was so nice to hear about what these institutions have been able to offer young people in Southampton. And it was very good to hear about their ambition to take it even further, branching out across the city and across the county and even further forwards. It really was, wasn't it? And often when you speak to people like this, it's amazing the difference that they can make in their local communities for the passion and the love that they have for literature, for reading, for teaching and for helping others. So it really is amazing when you speak to people like that, more about it. And uh, it sounds like it's massively uh, popular and a massively successful initiative. One thing that I wanted to mention as well is just that it was so nice to hear how passionate everyone in that meeting was. You know, when we spoke to them, they were just talking so passionately about the amazing work that Cantel does, the amazing people that were involved, the students. Everyone was so driven about taking the project further, which was nice to see. And they're doing it as an additional thing out of their work time or their lesson time. As I say, it's it's down to people like that within our local communities that have identified a, a real issue and a real problem for, for many people, even if it was just to help with a, a you know a confidence issue with reading. It's amazing when you when you speak to them about what they're doing. And as I said, it sounds like it's it's really popular and it's just gonna go from strength to strength. Okay, well, that's all we've got time for today. Thanks so much to Jessica, Catherine and James from Cantel and the University of Southampton. And thank you for listening. I'm Craig Saunders. And I'm Hattie Dulac.